All right, welcome back to Formate Arbitration. And as you can see, no intro music. <laughs> no intro music again today. That's all right. We're going to get that taken care of, I promise you. I uh, want to say a special thank you to some individuals on Discord for trying to enhance my studio. I'm going to get that set up hopefully within the next week. Uh, they bought me something, and it is fantastic. Like I said, I'm going to try to get that set up next week. Let's see how that, uh, see if I can get that to work, and I have to get my son to help me. Uh, what I'm going to do today, I was going to do that closing argument for the management falsifying editing clock rings. I'll do that next week. Now, I'm going to kind of do a year-end review type thing, where we are, what we've done, uh, what we're looking at, and then just touch on some things I'm going to start next year. Obviously, we're going to do the grievance of the week like we talked about. Uh, the Discord channel is going to get a grievance of the month, I mean, and we're going to do that. And that way, uh, it'll keep you interested, right? And so, so from eight arbitration, where are we as of today? As of today, I just looked 434,754 downloads, all right? 434,754 downloads, which is absolutely insane. I would have never thought, and I say this every time I read these numbers, that that this would be like that. Uh, people are interested. They want to be educated. And also, they want to be informed. And that's outside of education. Just what's our, what was our union doing, you know? Uh, there's some things that I'll tell you on here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Uh, I'll tell you this. I'll never lie to you. I'll never lie to you. If I put something out there, I have proof and evidence. Uh, that's how I do, and, and that's how I've learned, is that you don't just come on here and say shit or put something on social media that's not true. Uh, I will never lie. And uh, so anything I tell you is something that I have uh, either got evidence, proof. Like I say, I keep my receipts. So just understand that. I will never lie. So anything that I say, you can take that to the bank, all right? Reddit and Discord. Uh, special thank you to the people that have started those things because they are flourishing. Uh, very good stuff going on, Reddit and Discord. Uh, like I say, get on to from8arbitration.com, and it will prompt you to those things. A lot of great conversation going on on Discord and Reddit. Uh, two of the best things that's happened to from 8 arbitration are those two things there because uh, people can get on there at all hours of the night they're discussing grievances, asking for help, and a lot of great minds on Discord and Reddit. And so get on there, uh, be part of that community. I have nothing to do with either of those things. Uh, I had two individuals reach out and say, hey, do you mind if we start one? I said, have at it. And so um, they, they do a fantastic job. So I can't thank them enough for what they've done. And um, so uh, also... MadeArbitration.com. Jeremy has done an amazing job. I get emails all the time uh, from people commenting outside of the Made Arbitration community talking about that website, how it's top-notch, first-class, and I agree. Uh, he's done an absolutely amazing job with FromAidArbitration.com. So get on there. You can spend an hour on there looking at everything. So do that. Do that. Uh, the charges. A lot of people ask me where the charges are at with uh, our president, and um, they're still going on. 
the hearings are still going on with those. Um, they were kind of mid-December, early December to mid-December, uh, went up there and are dealing with the charges. They have since uh, dismissed, and they will come back, and they will deal with those charges. Uh, the second session is scheduled for January. I believe it's January 16th through January 19th. They will come back the second session dealing with those charges. Um, and what I hear is not good. What I hear is not good. Um, I always say this, and I will always say this. Regardless of position or title, you have to put the city letter carrier first. I always say that. If you want to succeed, put the city letter carrier first. And that is not what's happening up there at National. That is not what is happening. Um, so uh, we have a president who has put us in a great liability. And the Weir report, uh, the one that they're going off of, is damning. And uh, more so than y'all understand or know. Uh, it is very damning, the situations that we have been put in. Uh, I fought Fred Orlando for that. He should have known better. Uh, you handpicked this guy knowing the history. Uh, you probably didn't know how far uh, he had gone, but I, I blame him. Uh, I blame his enablers, those that continue to coddle him and protect him. You are not putting the city letter carrier first, and I hope that you lose your position uh, because of what you're doing. Uh, this individual has put us in a great liability that continues to do so. Uh, it's sociopathic, narcissistic. Uh, behavior that's going on right now that is putting us in a great liability and his enablers should go as well as him and uh, those people that have put their retirement and them above the city letter carrier you can never ever put anything above the city letter carrier and when you do that this is what you get this is what you get uh, it is a zoo up there right now at National, and there are a lot of enablers, not just at National, but everywhere. There are NALC enablers. I don't know whether they just think that if they kiss enough ass, they'll get up there or what, but um, it is unbelievable the enablers that are around here for the NALC. Uh, I am not one. As you can see, I'm going to call a fucking spade a spade, man. That's exactly what I'm going to do because I'm not looking to get anywhere. If I wanted to do something, I'd go do it. If I wanted to run for something, I'd run for something. Um, but I'm not looking to do anything, so I'm going to call a motherfucker out when they're not doing shit, not doing their fucking job. And our president is a liability and a disgrace to this union. And you can say whatever in the fuck you want to say to me about me. I don't give two rats asses about that. Uh, Nothing bothers me. I think I said this on my very first episodes that I don't have feelings, so you can't hurt them. I don't care what you say about me. I know a lot of people don't agree with me, and that's fine. And that is perfectly fine. A lot of people don't believe in the advice that I give. I don't give a fuck about that either. Uh, anything that I tell you grievance-wise are things that I have won, I have been successful at. So I know that you can win it. That's why he's not put it out there. Uh, JB, the things that he puts out there, his contentions are as good as any in the country. And so you may not agree with my positions, but I have won. 
and I've been very successful at the things that I tell y'all to grieve. Um, but you know, just like this Christmas party, I don't give a fuck about the Christmas party. I was just putting it out there that we invited the postmaster general to an invitation only Christmas party. So as an NALC dues paying member, I couldn't go up there to my very own Christmas party that my dues have paid for. Some people don't care. Some people do. I don't give a fuck. I'm just putting it out there. So I put it on Facebook on uh, from Aid Arbitration, the Facebook page, a picture of the joy at the Christmas party. You know, because somebody called me a liar saying that I was lying about it. I'm not lying about it. Why would I lie about that? I'm just telling you that the joy was at the Christmas party. And somebody called me a liar, and I said, here's the evidence. I keep receipts. And so then somebody came in under that and said, that's not a private Christmas party. That's the Leadership Academy <laughs> convention or whatever it was, a celebration. No, it wasn't. It was the private Christmas party that the leadership class was at. Uh, and that's what I'm talking about. Um, you may not, may not like me. I don't care. You may disagree with me, and that's fine. Uh, but understand that, you know, when you see things for what they are, you may not approve of it. You may not agree with it. You may wish that it wasn't true. But uh, it's true. Uh, there was a, an invitation-only Christmas party, and uh, if you weren't invited, you could not go as a dues-paying member and our postmaster general was there. Matter of fact, I think the heads of labor were there. So the very people who dismiss us were at our Christmas party that you couldn't go to. Like it? Don't like it? I don't care. Uh, I'm just putting it out there. So that's where the charges um, got a lot of enablers, man, that that are so worried about their position that they will uh, side with sociopathic narcissistic individuals who are a great liability to your union, a great liability. Um, I will say this, I'll say this to Mr. Chris Jackson, the one who brought the charges. You're talking about somebody who knew probably uh, the wrath that would come down on him if he did it. Uh, he probably weighed that into his decision, but said the city letter care is the most important thing, and we are, are doing them an injustice by the things that are going on up here at this NELC headquarters. And so he brings the charges forward and has been crushed by those enablers and the person he's brought the, the charges against, has been crushed. James Henry, who is innocent, he's doing nothing. He's just standing on the side of the road and got hit in the head with a brick. He's doing nothing and has the president lie on him, cost him could have cost him his marriage, could have cost him his job. Uh, the sociopathic uh, tendencies, the narcissistic tendencies that I'm talking about, uh, did that. And so these people are being accused of dividing this union when all they did, one was an innocent bystander doing nothing, and the other said, look, the things that are going on up here are traumatizing to our NALC. And they're not putting the letter carrier first. And so I'm going to bring these charges forward because it needs to be addressed. He had his responsibilities cut. Henry had his responsibilities cut for being an innocent bystander. And, and you've got enablers up there kissing that ass like never before 
please don't get rid of me. I, I can't get rid of my job. I'm going to kiss this ass all day long so that you'll know that I was behind you, Prez. I was behind you, Mr. President. I don't care what you did. I don't care what kind of liability you are. I don't care about any of those things. I'm going to kiss that ass uh, so that you'll know that I'm one of the one of the uh, boys, the puppets, uh, the minor birds, the parrots uh, that sit there and squawk all day long for whatever the president tells them to do. And that's what's going on. The president's told him, hey, you got my back. I got your back, Prez. I got your back. Well, say this. Vote like this. And that's what they're doing. They're weak-minded individuals that are enabling this. And so it's a disgrace. They're a disgrace uh, to themselves and to their families and to the uh, letter carrier family uh, because they're, they're worthless individuals that are enabling this. Uh, completely worthless. And so you should be ashamed of yourself. You're not because you're too busy. It's in that ass. And so, but those people will be dealt with. Those people will be dealt with. Uh, their tenure is short, short going to be short-lived. I promise you that. Like I keep saying, help is on the way. You have no idea the help that's on the way. Um, no idea. <laughs> but, uh, but juggernauts are being, are being rounded up. Juggernauts are being rounded up uh, that are sick of this shit that are sick of this shit and they will be getting together and they will be taking back over this union. I think that it's funny that, you know, a lot of people don't like the militant style. Like I talk about, I want, I want a militant union. That's what I want. I don't like a political union. I hate that shit. I want to be militant. Uh, I want everything to be militant. I want my stewards to be. I want my formal A's to be. I think JB is the most militant formal A in the country. Uh, that's how I feel. I've seen him work. I see him in arbitration. I see his attention to detail and how he does things. My president is militant. Now, that's how I want my president to be as far as my local president. My national president is a coward, but my local president is militant, and that's what I want. I want business agents to be militant and about uh, 70% of them are not. They're cowardly. And um, I think that that is because they have been put in place because of that cowardice. And I'll show you something here in a minute, what I'm talking about. But there are some articles that were sent to me uh, earlier this week. And I want you to listen to these articles and, and how eerie this is. One is from 1976, and one is from 1978. Now, think about this now before I read this and, and what's been going on, what I've been preaching forever, and uh, the style that I want. Um, I don't like a cowardly union. I think that that is a recipe for disaster. And unfortunately, uh, we got our head honcho as a coward, and the guy up under him is a coward. I'm talking about Otis and Pony Boy. And what's funny was somebody messaged me the other day and they took exception to me saying Otis and Pony Boy. They're like, you know, you know, resorting to name calling, you know, that's not the way to go. And so they didn't like me saying Otis and Pony Boy. And uh, I don't give a shit. I don't care. Here's why. Here's why I don't give a fuck about that. I had the president of this union president of this union call a female president a bitch because she wouldn't kowtow and bend over and kiss the ring when he told her to. 
He went over there and tried to strong arm this president down here in Alabama to merge. And when she said she wouldn't do it, he calls her a bitch, right? Now, the the enablers, when that came up as part of the charge that Mr. Jackson brought against our president, the enablers determined that calling a female a bitch was not substantial, that that wouldn't be brought forward as substantial, even though it was founded to be true. Uh, our president lied about it, said he never said it. He's too fucking cowardly to come out and said, I said it. I shouldn't have said it. He's never apologized to this girl about it. And the enablers that I'm talking about said, oh, that's not substantial. Now, whether it's because he said, you're Corey's bitch, I don't know. Maybe because it had my name in it and they don't like me. They're like, well, you know, talking about Corey, so we don't care. So if that's not substantial, that you call a female, regardless of title, president, non-president, just carrier, call a female a bitch because you're trying to strong arm this individual and she doesn't go for it. I'm going to call you Otis because you're a fucking wino. And I'm going to call Tony Boy because he's just as culpable as you are. And so if you don't like that, I don't care because y'all have set the standard that calling people out of their name is not substantial. So I will continue to say Otis and Pony Boy as much as I fucking want to because y'all have determined that calling people out of their name is not substantial. So to me, if you don't think that calling a female a bitch that you try to strong arm is substantial, then neither is Otis and Pony Boy. So I'll continue to recognize both of them as Otis and Pony Boy. All right? So <laughs> that's just how that's going to fucking be. Like it or fucking not. Here's a here's a an article from 1976. I'm gonna read this one. There's another one from 1978, and and listen to this. How eerily similar uh, this is to what we're dealing with today. Okay, this is from 1976. Postal Service now facing union leadership struggle. May 29th. Vincent Sombrato, who's New York local, gave the nation its first big postal strike in 1970, is in hot pursuit with a great deal of support of his union presidency. And if he wins in the election this summer, labor relations and the huge United States Postal Service are likely to become far more turbulent than ever before. The way Mr. Sombrato's challenge was opened when, Mr. when James Rademacher the 54-year-old president of the National Association of Letter Carriers said last week that he would step down after eight years largely because of the growing pressure from his unhappy membership and the militant demands from Mr. Sobrato and his supporters. What do y'all think about that? Mr. Sobrato is expected to compete against two executives from the union headquarters here, J. Joseph Vaca the executive vice president, and Gustav Johnson, director of the Union City Delivery Division. Mr. Sombrato defeated Mr. Johnson five years ago for the New York local leadership. Mr. Rademacher got his first taste of leadership in the 240,000-member union as head of the Detroit local. He was an early and influential force in the conversion of the post office department into the public corporation called the Postal Service in 1970. He took immediate advantage of the new collective bargaining powers of the union by bringing about the best settlements in the union's history with a 60% wage increase 
and major side benefits since 1970. And yet, one member of the rank and file from New York City, hearing of Mr. Rodemaker's announced intent to step down later this year, wrote him a letter. And in the letter it stated this, I haven't been so elated since Adolf Hitler was killed. Too bad you couldn't take the honorable way out like the Japanese generals did. <laughs> there was a faint trace of a smile on Mr. Rademacher's face as he showed the letter this week in his office. I'm insensitive to personal attacks, he said. The reason I'm stepping down is for the good of this union, which think of, should say I, which I think is one of the best traded unions in the country. Then he recounted how he was stunned early this year when he tried to discipline dissident local leaders, including Mr. Sombrato, who came here to stage their own news conference to attack the Postal Service for raising postage rates. You hear that? Then he recounted how he was stunned early this year when he tried to discipline dissident local leaders, including Mr. Sombrato. that sound familiar? The prospect of having Mr. Sombrato at the helm of the Letter Carriers Union sends shutters through L'Enfant Plaza, headquarters of the Postal Service. He's unpredictable, said one senior official. Now, this is the Postal Service. I'll read this again now. The prospect of having Mr. Sombrato at the helm of the Letter Carriers Union sends shutters through the L'Enfant Plaza headquarters of the Postal Service here. He's unpredictable, said one senior official. Mr. Sombrato was the force behind the postal strike in 1970 and started in New York and spread to several large cities where he is still popular. I realized that we have a contract and I wouldn't push for a strike or anything like that, Mr. Sombrato said in a telephone interview today from Anaheim, California, where he was attending a state union convention. But I would speak out against these policies that, ha that save pennies but cost us so much in morale and service. Rademacher has just lost touch with our struggle, our trials, and our tribulations. All right, I'm going to read that again. This is 76. This is 1976. And remember, we've been railing all summer about the working conditions of the city letter carrier. Overworked, underpaid, understaffed, uh, the heat with the death of our brother, Mr. Gates. Uh, we've been begging to get out into the streets to make change, real change, for the city letter cares for the first time since 1970. Uh, we've been begging for that, rallying for that, calling for that, and nothing, nothing from our union leadership except cowardice, hiding in closets, Speaking out to see if it's safe to come out and get you a sip of wine. I'm going to read this again. I realize that we have a contract, and I wouldn't push for a strike or anything like that, Mr. Sombrato said in a telephone interview today from Anaheim, California, where he was attending a state union convention. But I would speak out against these policies that save pennies, but cost us so much in morale and service. Rademacher has just lost touch with our struggle, our trials, and our tribulations. Referring to the financially troubled Postal Service, Mr. Rademacher said, We, the unions, and the management are together in a leaky boat. Many people blame us because our wage increases and benefits in the contract for being part of the problem. I advised against the press conference. 
Y'all hear that? What is management saying today? They're putting out into the social media, into the news and stuff, our, our financial woes. We've lost $6 billion. Our financial woes. We can't, we can't sustain as we are now. We're, we're having to incorporate new technology and new things because we can't sustain ourselves now. And the union's part of that problem because of the wages and the benefits. Here's Rademacher. Here's Rademacher talking about it. Referring to the financially troubled postal service, Mr. Rademacher said, we, the unions, and the management are together in a leaky boat. Many people blame us because our wage increases and benefits and the contract for being part of the problem. I advised against the press conference. <laughs> Talking about Mr. Sombrato getting out there, firing that ass up. The local leaders from seven large cities, including New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles, went ahead anyway. And the rest of the headquarters executives refused to support Mr. Rademacher's move to discipline them. Instead, the leadership moved to cut his own salary and retirement benefits. And suddenly, he said, the thrill of the presidency was gone. That will never happen today because you got too many people sucking on his ass, uh, kissing that ass all day long, all of his enablers up there. The trouble with many of the members is that they do not understand the give and take of collective bargaining. This is 1976. Have y'all heard that before? He said they want to take, but they don't want to give. So he's on the members now. He's on the membership. Many of the members are restive and rebellious in the face of a drive by the management to cut costs in an effort to curb the Postal Service's deficits which mount while legislation to provide federal relief sits stalled in the Senate Post Office and Civil Service Committee. The administration of Postmaster General Benjamin Baylor, unable to budge the White House for, from adamant opposition to increased subsidies, he resorted to cutbacks in service and closing of marginal post offices and repugnant to letter carriers. He refused to replace retiring workers. The result has been longer. Harder hours for the carriers and others. 1976. Mr. Rademacher's position has been to acknowledge that the management is working within the contract, which promises no layoffs, but gives no guarantees that retirees would be replaced. Our carriers are the front line of the agency, he said. They take the heat from the public when rates go up and service gets cut, and I can understand that hardship. He has resisted the call for militant rebellion against the agency, however. Instead, he says he will work for the subsidy legislation, press the Postal Service calls in the presidential election, work for orderly secession to his leadership at the union's convention in Houston in August, and fight for employee rights and arbitration proceedings involving more than 100 complaining carriers. Mr. Rademacher says he recalls how his family lost its house in Detroit when his father was furloughed from his post. Nice job in 1933. And the reason I'm having trouble reading this is because whoever retyped this, they did not type it right. The verbiage is terrible. There's letter. I mean, there's yeah letters where there shouldn't be letters, so it's difficult to read it because how it comes out is it's not uh, grammatically correct. Now, 43 years later, he is about to lose his postal union job. He says his decision to step aside is irrevocable. I can't do my job and campaign against these guys at the same time, he said, so I'll do my job. And that's from 1976. 
Does that sound eerily similar to what we're dealing with today? It does to me. The same things they're dealing with in 76, dealing with today. 1978, here's another one. Postal Union Chief reaffirms his support for contract. Joseph Vacca, president of the National Association of Letter Carriers, vowed today to continue working for the acceptance by the union's 175,000 members of the tentative contract agreement with the United States Postal Service. In a statement issued at the union's convention at McCormick Place here today, Mr. Vacca, in effect, repudiated vote by a majority of the nearly 5,000 delegates yesterday to recommend that the membership reject the proposed pact. Despite the overwhelming voice vote in favor of rejection, Mr. Vacca, who was booed on several occasions by delegates, delegates yesterday as he outlined the terms of the contract, declared, While I respect the recommendation of the convention, I remain committed to ratification of the contract. I am confident that the 170,000 letter carriers that are not present at the Chicago Convention will carefully judge the contract on its merits and cast their individual vote on the basis of their own judgment. An authoritative source high in the union's leadership, who asked not to be named, said he was confident the membership would approve the vote, the contract. Other sources in Washington also expressed optimism that the contract would be approved. The tentative agreement, which averted a possible nationwide strike on July 21st, calls for a 19.5% increase in wages and benefits over three years, makes recent cost of living increases permanent, and preserves a no-layoff clause. Vincent Sombrato, president of New York City's Militant Branch 36. I love how they say that. You know he had to love that, too, when they wrote that. i read that again. I liked it. Vincent R. Sombrato, president of New York City's Militant Branch 36 of the Letter Carriers Union, who yesterday has suggested outright rejection of the contract by the convention, although the delegates have no authority to take such action, continued today to complain about the contract and the national leadership. In an interview on the floor as convention business leading up to tomorrow's nomination of officers proceeded around him, Mr. Sombrato said, it's been the worst two years that letter carriers have ever worked. The morale is bad. The pay package is totally inadequate. A 4% increase in the first year of the contract at the time of an 11 or 12% rate of inflation. Sound, sound familiar? They're crazy to try to sell that kind of contract. The vote on the contract for the letter carriers is by mail, as it is for the larger American Postal Workers Union, and the smaller mail handlers division of Labor's International. If the rank and file of the union should turn down the proposed contract, Mr. Sobrato said it would, necessar- it would not necessarily lead to a postal walkout. The question of a strike is not a relevant issue at this point, he said. If the contract is rejected, we go back to the bargaining table. If the postal service refuses, of course, a strike is an option. In a statement today, Mr. Vacca, who contends that the first-year pay package actually amounts to 5.8% rather than the 4% cited by Mr. Sobrato, said, We have a decent pay package, which will provide the great majority of letter carriers with an annual salary in excess of $19,600 by the end of the contract. In addition, 
We have obtained historic work rules improvements that we have been seeking for many years. Postal workers now earn about $16,000 a year. And that's from 1978. Uh, does that sound eerily familiar? It does, doesn't it? It's crazy. I guess it's just a full circle, I guess. Uh, but to me, how you know my style, I'm the militant type. I think that we hold management accountable. I don't think that we that we back up ever, and I think that we've done too much of that. Uh, we have, uh, I talk about the cease and desist. We have, our business agent has bought into that um, across the country talking about the escalated monetary award. When I say that that's the only weapon we have to address noncompliance, which is one of the top, probably top three issues we have to me. Uh, we need more pay, obviously. We need to be better staffed, but noncompliance of grievance settlements is devastating to city letter carrier craft. Um, it's become a joke, really, to both parties, to the Postal Service and to the NELC, and so much so that they've done away with language that protects us that cease and desist. Uh, and management has, you know, when I say they punked us out, they, they sold it to us saying that it's not sustainable. You know, we can't continue with these escalated monetary wars because that's not sustainable. Um, and so the NELC, who has bought into that, puppets that. Uh, they're parroting that. They're minor birds. Uh, they're record players. Whatever record the Postal Service wants them to play, they're going to play it. And that's what you're going to hear uh, is this. It's not sustainable. Business agents actually say that. You know, we, we can't keep doing escalated monetary wars because it's not sustainable. The Postal Service can't sustain that type of loss, and they have bought into that. But that's not our concern. Our concern is for the city letter carrier, first and foremost, and only. Uh, that should be our only concern, the city letter carrier. Nothing else concerns me. I don't care about anything else. I don't care about the Postal Service sustaining Escalated monetary wars. If you don't want that, then how about do this? How about comply with the contract like you're supposed to do? That will probably, I'm going to say, take care of that. I'm not sure. But I'm going to say that that'd be a good start is for them to, to comply with the contract initially. And that would be a perfect way to not have to pay an escalated monetary award. Let's start complying with grievance settlements. That would be a good first step as well. But the union has taken it upon themselves to bail the Postal Service out for some reason. I don't know why, but we have. And in so doing, if you recently seen, the Postal Service has agreed to pay raises for all of them. And so while they have punked us out saying that we can't sustain the losses through escalated monetary awards, and we have backed off of that because we're cowards at just about every position. Uh, because of that, we were able to get them raises, which I'm glad that they got their raises off our backs. So we have an invitation-only Christmas party, and we invite the Postmaster General, which is very good of us. Uh, Tolino and the heads of labor were there as well, drinking our wine and eating our hors d'oeuvres. And uh, that was very gracious of us. And we have 
come off of the escalated monetary awards for them to help them out so that they were able to get raises here coming up. And that's just pretty damn sweet on our part. So I'm glad that we could uh, stop with this foolishness of escalated monetary awards so that the Postal Service give EAS, supervisors and managers, a pay increase. And, and that's fantastic. And most people say, well, you know, they always get pay increases. I'll give a shit about that, man. You see on social media so many people, sympathizers, enablers to the NELC, they can do nothing wrong. They can do nothing. You ask a question about the contract and 500 people tell you to get out of the end. <laughs> and they will say, this is every year it takes this long. Every year it takes this long. Every year it takes this long. And I'll tell you what, man. Uh, we are the reason that the NELC does what they do. We are the reason that they are not held accountable for anything because we have too many people saying, oh, it's status quo. It's what they always do. You know why? Because we've never demanded anything more than that. Anytime you say, just let them have at it, it's, you know, they'll take care of it. We don't need to know what's going on. We don't need to know what's in the, you know, what we're asking for. We don't need to know that, you know, just leave them alone. That's the reason you get the shit you get. It's because you have the people saying, leave them alone. Just let them do that. I I'm, I'm want to be transparent. I want you to be transparent with me so I know what you're doing. You know why? Because I'm paying you to do that. You're my agent. And so the reason that it's status quo is because you have so many people coming out wanting it to be status quo. They will always say, we've always done it this way. We've always been behind closed doors. We've always been a secret. We've always been a secret society up here. And so, therefore, don't ask questions. Just let us do what we do in secret, in darkness, in private. And then we'll tell you later what we wanted. And so I don't like that. I want you to be transparent with me. That's what I want. But the reason nothing will ever change is because you'll see on social media when somebody asks something, they'll get bludgeoned to death because they ask a simple question. Uh, by the enablers, by the NELC parrots, the puppets, uh, the minor birds that just repeat shit, you know, for the sake of repeating it. Uh, and so with that, we had some colas, which is great. And with that cola, this just came out, if you haven't seen it, from NELC. There will be a biweekly dues increase for 2024 due to the cost of living adjustment achieved with the national agreement. So you got your cost of living. We're underpaid, taking a beating right now as it is, understaffed, underpaid, working more than we've ever worked before, and the NELC is going to take advantage of that by, by charging us more money. This uh, poor representation in a lot of these places. Business agents don't do shit about shit. The national president is a sociopath not doing a damn thing. Uh, only boy not doing shit. And... So what are they going? They're going to reward themselves off our backs by saying that there will be a biweekly dues increase for the 2024 due to the cost of living adjustment achieved with the national agreement. The dues change will take place in pay period one of 2024, December 16th, 2023, December 29th, 2023, and will be reflected beginning with the January 5th, 2024 paycheck. The minimum due structure set forth in Article 7, Section 2A of the NELC Constitution is the equivalent of two hours base pay for an NELC Step D letter carrier in the Consolidated Career City Carrier Grade Level Table 1 per month. Since dues are deducted biweekly, this amount will be 
2024. National retains one-third of this amount, and that way they can have these Christmas parties uh, and go out to uh, hotels that are not uh, supported by the NLC or union-owned and charge us uh, charge our dues on that. National retains one-third of this amount, $10.31, and remits the other two-thirds to the local branches with some withheld for state associations and remitted by national headquarters to the state associations monthly. Some branches may have dues that are higher than the minimum dues structure. Also, branches may increase local dues during the year. So there you have it. EAS is getting, or NAPS is getting their raises. Uh, the NLC is going to get theirs, and y'all uh, aren't getting chipped. And so, <laughs> but I'm sure that they are still, after three months, going to select that arbitrator. It's coming. Uh, they're going to select an arbitrator. It's been going on for about three months trying to select an arbitrator. And uh, something's going on behind the scenes with that shit. I have no idea, but dear God, the incompetence right now, that's the reason they don't want shit to be out in the light. That's the reason that they want it to be in darkness. Uh, that's where cockroaches stay, is in the dark. And so something's going on up there. I don't know. But we've been looking for a fucking arbitrator for two months now. So another thing that came to me, and I'm sure most of y'all have seen it, and this is why I want a militant union. This is Exhibit A of about a thousand exhibits. It's because, you know, when we talk about Mr. Gates, and, and y'all are probably sick of hearing about hip, and that's all right. Uh, how I wanted my president to be outspoken. Uh, I wanted him to be at the forefront, be vocal, uh, and include things in case files from him stating how irate he was at what they did to my brother, Mr. Gates. If you've seen out of Charlotte, North Carolina, our sister, Ms. Brooks, if you've seen what has happened to her, is Exhibit A of why I want a militant union. Miss Brooks, if you don't know, was delivering mail and had a medical emergency, uh, so much so that she knew that she had to go to the hospital, the emergency room. She's in dire straits. Now, this is our sister now, is out delivering mail and uh, has a medical emergency. So she calls in to the postal service, and just like 99% of the time you call in, nobody answers. She calls several times, and nobody answers. And so she calls 911 herself, and they come out, and they get her and take her to the emergency room. Management has no idea. Management has no idea that our sister's in the emergency room because they wouldn't pick up the fucking phone. And so she gets dismissed, discharged from the emergency room. She goes back to work. They still don't have a clue. She goes walking in. She's like, hey, what are y'all doing? I tried to call in and tell y'all where I was at. Uh, I just got out of the emergency room. I tried to call y'all and tell y'all, well, where's the mail? It's in the truck where I left it, where the ambulance came and got me. It's still out there. And so a couple of days later, she gets uh, cleared to come back to work, and they put her off the clock on emergency placement, saying that she abandoned the mail. Now, you you know how I feel. You know how I would feel for the next two hours 
if I was allowed to do that. I, mean, I could do it, but I'm not going to do it. You know how I feel about that. I could say all kind of profanities right now, and I'm going to save that. But here's my sister out delivering mail. Has a medical emergency. Calls into the sorry fuck that she works for to get help. And these sorry motherfuckers don't even answer the phone. She has to call 911 herself. Thank God she was capable of doing that. And not some customer that sees her laying out in the street an hour later, like Mr. Gates. She has to call 911 herself. Goes to the emergency room. They, they take care of her. Thank God for them. She gets out and comes back to work. And the postal service, the first thing they say is, where's the mail? Do y'all remember back in my ergonomics episode way back when, when I said, I have seen, I have seen the depths that these sorry low-down motherfuckers will go to to hurt my people. Y'all remember that episode? And I've said it since then. I've seen the depths that they will go to to hurt my people. Y'all remember that? That's why I need a militant union right there. That's the reason we need to be militant right there. To bust these motherfuckers in the ass when shit like that have I, they would be in arbitration. JSOV making the numbers, making the numbers. Is that what that is? Where's the mail? You're banning the mail. Put you on EP. Uh, we don't care about your health. You should have died out there to make sure that that mail is being delivered. That's a joint statement to me. Making the numbers is not the excuse for the abuse of anyone. Uh, and that's what that is. The first thing you ask me is, where's the mail? Uh, that's the reason I want a militant union. is so that that individual, who's the piece of shit that did that, would be in arbitration answering for that. And, and hopefully that will happen. I don't know. But another one, somebody sent this, and I saw this the other day. Uh, another example of what I'm talking about. Remedy suggestions. Carrie says they're in a medical emergency and need to go to the hospital. Supervisor number one tells Carrie to get back to their case and continue working. There is no one else to assist. Supervisor two sees Carrie double over at case and calls an ambulance. Carrie is hospitalized with ulcerative bleeding and is being released today, three days later. So I've got a Carrie saying, I'm, I'm in an emergency here. I'm in a medical emergency. Something's not right with me. I'm hurting. And the piece of shit supervisor, get back to your case. We don't have any help for you. That's the reason. That's the reason I want a militant union right there. It's because I have seen the depths that these fuckers will go to to hurt my people. And that's the reason I am who I am today. That's the reason I don't care about those motherfuckers for nothing. I remember when I heard, when I went to Gadsden on the gun case against the manager, station manager. I remember when I got the decision that she got terminated, not just removed from her position, but terminated from the postal service. I clapped my hands. I said, thank you, Lord. I rejoiced in that. Some people say you shouldn't be like that, Corey. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I hate these motherfuckers, man. With a passion. I despise them for the things that they do to my people. We need a militant union here. 
We need militant leadership, and we got them that can't even get out of their own damn way. Staggering over empty liquor bottles, beer bottles. The enabler sucking that ass all damn day. Too worried about sucking that ass to get out there and protect us. We're in disarray up there at headquarters. You got some juggernauts up there trying to fight, and what happens? They're told that they're divisive. Their responsibilities are cut, just like they did Mr. Sombrado tried to do. Come out trying to help the city, let it care. Get the hell out of here, man. Your jobs are cut. A lying son of a bitch, man. Lying on Brother Henry. But the enablers. The enablers up there. So worried about their position that they will sacrifice the city letter carrier at the altar of the dollar. They will sacrifice the city letter carrier at the altar of retirement. And not having to do shit. It's a pathetic excuse for a union right now. You got those that are trying to fight. Mr. Jackson, well, I'm praying for you, my brother. I'm praying for you because I know that you're under the gun. You're in the crosshairs of some incompetent, sorry, low-down son of a bitches up there. But help is coming. Help is coming. I told you that. I promise you that. I promise you that there'll be a new day. There'll be a new sombrato that says, I'm tired of how things are going on this workroom floor and people have forgotten about us. How many times have I said that you have abandoned us on this floor and you have forgotten us. We are the forgotten ones, our plight every single day coming to work, overworked, understaffed and underpaid. No different than in 1976, 1978, in leadership who is complacent. Their days are numbered. We're going to get rid of them. We're going to get rid of a lot of people at National. There's more people working at National right now than at any time in history. And why is that? We've got less cares than than we usually did. Why is there more people working at National right now? Does anybody know that? The nepotism that's going on at National is unlike anything you've ever seen before. The nepotism going on right now. We have an individual who's an officer up there that has just bought a $700,000 home. And her husband works in health benefits, has never delivered a piece of mail. He was in a rock group and got a job up there making six figures of our dues, paying the guy who's in a rock group six figures because his wife works up there, just bought a $700,000 home. How many many of y'all would like to have a $700,000 home? Huh? Pretty sweet, right? Being able to afford that. We got somebody playing a saxophone for a living, going to work up there for $100,000 a year, Hadn't touched a piece of mail. Nepotism. It's rampant. Rampant up there right now. The day of reckoning is coming. The day of reckoning is coming. I'll tell you something else that somebody sent to me and see if this makes you happy. 
and this is what I'm talking about. We're in bed with management. The NELC is in bed with management. And why I do not know, uh, I have no idea why we have gotten under the covers with management, our, our union leadership. Uh, I don't know why. I don't, it's, it's, it's bizarre. But here's what somebody said to me. Hey, brother, just got off a Zoom meeting with National about Minneapolis. Enough is enough rally. What a fucking joke. My fellow carriers expressed their concern about management's role in our daily safety and were shot down and squashed by our branch president and National. National was initially bringing only 30 T-shirts for a 1,300-member branch. What kind of stupid brings 30 shirts for a big branch? That tells me they don't want rank and file involved. In fact, one quote from this guy was, we don't care how many show up. We care more about the message of the rally. One of the members on the organizing committee said after the meeting that that just felt like a bunch of people that aren't carriers telling me what carriers think and feel. Our union is broke spiritually and morally. But not us on the ground. We'll take on the fight and beatings from management. I've said this to you before, but I pray we get new leaders in the right places ASAP. You got a lot of love and support here in Minneapolis. Keep up the good good work. I'll be in Boston. So I talked to him a little bit, and he said, uh, I said, can I address? He said, absolutely. I had another comment. After the meeting was done, a care asked, what if Mr. Gates died if management took our safety seriously? Now, this is Minneapolis. Mr. Gates, remember, our brother was in, in Dallas, died. So here's Minneapolis. They understand brotherhood, sisterhood. They understand brother and sister, right? What if Mr. Gates died if management took our safety seriously? People around here aren't forgetting our brother Gates and other members that are suffering under management. This individual from National encouraged us not to invite political leaders in fear that they would criticize the post office. We've been instructed not to criticize the post office's rank and file. I'm starting to think, what can we say? They're telling us to do all the groundwork and organize the rally, but we can't have a say in what the rally should be about. So you got somebody from National saying, hey, we don't criticize the post office. We don't criticize the post office. We have them out here putting people on emergency placement because they they come under a medical emergency. We can't criticize the postal service. Uh, This person had to take themselves to the emergency room themselves. Uh, and was put on EP for abandoning the mail, but we can't criticize them. Another one sends me something saying, hey, I I went to the boss and said, I'm having a medical emergency. Get back to your case. I ain't got no help for you. But we can't criticize the Postal Service. Our brother, Mr. Gates, was in somebody's front yard dead, laying there deceased because of shit the Postal Service did. But we can't criticize the Postal Service. Uh, We're their record player. They tell us what we can say. They tell us what we can do. Because we're not militant. We're not militant as a union. We're cowardly. Our leaders are cowardly. The best thing that they could do for everybody is step the fuck down and go bag groceries for a living. Just as long as they don't sell alcohol. Don't get around that shit. (laughs) I will not stop. I will not stop because I'm sick and fucking tired of the cowardice of this union, man. That's a recap of this last year. We've done some great training. We've done some very good training, but some shit has come in our way. It doesn't matter how good our training is or our leadership doesn't take that training seriously and take these cases forward. We can do all the training in the world. 
and a pre-arb session will crush every bit of it. We're going to get rid of that shit. We're going to get rid of these pre-arb sessions that destroy morale and destroy competent union representation. Great shop stewards are stepping down because of pre-arb sessions, and pre-arb sessions are one thing and one thing only, saving the Postal Service money. That's it. That's it. That's uh, kind of a year wrap up there. We got the charge. We've been talking about that a while. <laughs> talking about the cowardice of the union. We've been talking about that a while, haven't we? Uh, change is coming. Talking about that a little bit. Did a lot of training. Talk about that some. But this next year, we'll do a lot more training. We'll have the grievance of the month uh, as provided by Discord. And so I look forward to that. One thing that I'm going to emphasize this year, this next year, and I'm going to spend a great deal of time on, I'll spend more time on it than anything else uh, that I do, is going after bad management. I know I did the JSOV episodes. Uh, those things, if you did what I said, you should be an expert by now uh, reading those things. But uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, the Postal Service Policy and Workplace Harassment. We're going to talk about Publication 552. And some people don't care about Publication 552 and the IMIP process, the initial management inquiry process. A lot of people don't care about that, but I do. I do, because it takes time for management. They have to send people in, which they hate. It's an inconvenience. Uh, they rarely do it. Uh, I'm going to show you the reasons that they should do it, what we're going to do when they don't. Uh, how we're going to support JSOV case files with the lack of IMIP, or even if they do one. You know, management does the IMIP, so rarely ever do they say that they're at fault, but they're very good for us to have in our case files. Like I said, it's a great inconvenience. There's steps they have to go through, but we're going to address bad management this year, this next year, okay? Uh, we'll have the grievance of the month. Uh, we'll have other things. Obviously, we'll train, uh, talk about other things, uh, have a lot of templates available for you, arbitration sites. You know, we'll do more training this next year. Um, but I'm going to focus on that. That'll be my focus, is taking care of bad management, what we're going to do with them. And hopefully, this next year, we'll have more managers removed from supervising letter carriers than all the other years combined. Uh, that'll be a goal of mine. And uh, I want to see managers lose their jobs as far as supervising city letter carriers, those that have chosen to be disruptive. We can work harmoniously. We can have a workplace free of harassment. We can, it, that can be attainable, but it starts with us because management will not police their own. We'll get arbitrators in place that agree with the joint statement and their authority under the joint statement. Uh, we'll get rid of bad union leadership. Uh, that'll be a couple of years when the votes come in. We'll get rid of cowardly MBAs. I promise you that. Uh, a new day is dawning, and uh, we're going to get people in place that understand that the only thing that is important is the city letter carrier. That is it. That is all. Nothing else is important. Nothing. And if you're not putting the city letter carrier first, you need to lose your position. Right? And that's what we're going to do. We're going to take people's jobs from them. And uh, I'm going to enjoy that as well uh, because I can't stand cowardice. I can't stand cowardly leadership, which is what we have. And we're going to address it. Uh, but going after bad management is going to be the focus, my focus this next year. Okay. And we're going to do it until y'all can cite it 
without seeing it. I want you to be able, just like you do in contract, Article 16, you can should be able to cite that without seeing it, what it states. Uh, we're going to do that with the Postal Service Policy on Workplace Harassment. We're going to go after those managers who are chosen to hurt my brothers and sisters and make their lives a living hell. We're going to reverse that. We're going to make sure that theirs is, okay? Uh, there's a great decision that just came out, and I'll say this and then I'll be done with it. It's on the one-hour office time, and the reason I love this is because you had that dumbass AVP come out earlier talking about these metrics, one-hour office time, the uh, stationary events, all these things that they use against us that they got off of these memos. And the stationary events, obviously, is a byproduct of the memos that the dumbest things ever written are these memos and the, the times and shit. Uh, I could go on about that, but I'm not. But anyway, here's uh, here's this decision just came out on the one hour office time. Now I don't have the full decision, but I got the arbitrator's award. Okay, the award summary, and this is arbitrator Zane Lumley. And for us, is with it was Matthew Parkin, Matthew Parkin, and it's from Billings, Montana. Okay, Billings, Montana. Matthew Parkin was the badass who did that for the NLC. And kudos to him. The hearing date was November 14th, 2023, in the award summary. It is the award of the arbitrator that management violated Articles 15, 5, 15, 19, and 41 of the National Agreement, and the Step 4 Settlement has it there, September 16th, 2011, M1769, at the Billings installation by its implementation of an insistence on use of the 60-minute office time provision contained in the city delivery performance expectation play. It's violations of the joint statement on violence behavior in the workplace flowing from the harassment and threats of discipline directed at carriers for their failure to meet the 60-minute office time standard and its failure to timely cooperate in the union's investigation of grievances. It is therefore ordered that management cease and desist you notice an arbitrator won't say it is therefore ordered that management will comply or will refrain from or must comply. Here's an arbitrator coming in strong. It is therefore ordered that management cease and desist from its insistence on use of the 60-minute office time provision contained in the city delivery performance expectation play and formally advise employees of that fact. Cease and desist from its harassment and threats of discipline directed at carriers for their failure to meet the 60-minute office time standard. And cease and desist from its failure to timely cooperate in the union's investigation of grievances. So hit that ass with three cease and desist right there in, in number two. Number three, the arbitrator hereby retains jurisdiction for 60 days from the date of this award for the limited purpose of assisting the parties as may be necessary in the implementation of the remedy directed above. And it came down December 27th. Uh, so there you have it. Management comes in with something, we grieve it. They come in with something, we grieve it. Now that's Billings, Montana. Great job there getting that file ready, lower steps, uh, B team, and passing that thing, business agent, making sure that didn't get pre-ordered with some mealy-mouth bullshit language, sending it to arbitration, 
and then a flat stud getting in there and getting it done for the NELC, Matthew Parkin, okay? And uh, making sure the arbitrator understands that 60 minutes is something that minds have pulled out of their ass. Uh, too many regions failed to address it. Too many. Anytime you got the AVP harping on it, saying, hey, congratulations to us for implementing a 60-minute office time and getting carriers out of the office in 60 minutes. Hooray for us for badgering the city letter carrier, for kicking them in the ass, telling them to get out the door. We grieve it. We grieve everything. And that's what I always say. We grieve everything. And that's what they did. And congratulations to them. Great decision. Fantastic decision for our people. Love it. Here's one more thing, and then I'll let you go. Basically, just me bitching this this episode, hasn't it? I guess that's what I did last year. This is kind of a year-end recap and just been bitching for an hour. Mercy. I guess that's what I did, though. Here's one somebody sent me. On a side note, I started listening to the podcast around the beginning of the heat training bullshit. It pissed me off so much I filed in our office and we settled on a cease and desist, good for you, with a $500 payment to all carriers. It probably cost them about $10,000 in settlement. Thanks to your episode that I listened to multiple times, I could recite everything verbatim. When the postmaster turned it on me and asked how I would like the training to be done, I was able to draw from your show and instantly say it doesn't matter how you do the training. The falsification of the training is why we're here. I thank you very much for that. I also had a stack of papers with all the arbitration hearings, etc., to uh, nail the point home. Very good. And that's all this podcast is for. It's for people like that, that understand that education is the only way to do things. That's why I say when I'm business agent, day one, this region will change. Day one, this region will be different. Day one. Education is paramount. Paramount. And that's what this is about. I know that I harp a lot about my union because I'm, I'm disappointed in them. I, I'm disappointed in my union. I am. Uh, how we do things and how we don't do things for that. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Man, I, I am, truly. And, um, you know, dadgummit, I, just, I think we can do much better. And uh, we will. Like I said, there's a new regime coming. There's nothing the NELC can do now to correct this shit. Nothing. Uh, change is coming. It's already been put in place. They're going to take over. And so you'll see a lot of business agents rushing out there now to do training. They're going to rush out there to get new people involved, younger people involved that have never been involved with anything. They're going to try to get into these bigger installations to make sure they get votes. You're going to see them rushing out there to do things now because their jobs are going to be in jeopardy. It's too late. It's too late. You can quit. You can quit. Go back in the house. Put your luggage back in there. It's too late. You're going to be replaced. Uh, it's already been determined. There's a group of juggernauts assembling. and and your days are done. I hate to tell you that. I do. I wish it would have been different. I wish that you would have thought about this differently. Uh, the enablers are gone. Uh, you chose the wrong path. Uh, you always choose the path of the city letter carrier. 
always. And when you don't, the city letter carrier will get you on the right path. You'll be going back to delivering or going to management, and somebody will take your place. Um, they're going to be sitting in your seat. Okay. So, kind of year in recap 434,000 downloads, not too damn bad. Not too damn bad for some Southern boy on here just talking shit. Uh, but you see, there are fruits of your labor. Um, somebody asked that I just um, reach out there and say, hey, any kind of successes, uh, send them to from adarbitration.com. May do that. May do that so that y'all can look on there and see, you know, the fruits of our labor for training and, and all that stuff. We may do that. Okay. Um, but I know that you're succeeding because you sent it to me. And, and I appreciate that truly. Um, I want us to succeed more than anything else uh, I do. And so those that are in our way will be knocked out of the way. And so uh, that's kind of the year-end review. It's a lot of bitching, wasn't it? Uh, what we're going to do next year, a lot more training. I promise you that. Well, we're going to get into this grievance of the month based on Discord. And I'm going to get into the Postal Service Policy and Workplace Harassment you're going to have that down to memory. The publication 552 is a large booklet. We're going to go over that uh, as long as it takes, as long as it takes. Like this individual said when he went in there as postmaster, he had it down verbatim what to say. It makes all the difference in the world. It just does. And so you'll have that down verbatim. You'll be able to go into any setting with a, a postmaster, supervisor that's disruptive, and you'll be able to handle that. And that's what I want. We're going to get rid of piss poor management, okay? We're going to address that this year a lot, okay? So with that being said, kind of the year in review, kind of some things you're going to start on next year. Uh, I hope you all had a fantastic Christmas. I hope you did. I did. Um, I hope you have a very safe New Year, okay? I look forward to what this next year has in store for Formate Arbitration. I do. I look forward to it. Uh, we're not going to stop. Uh, I've got years and years. I've got eight years left. I'll be doing this for at least eight years. <laughs> I'm just on here singing songs or uh, talking shit. We'll keep doing it, all right? There's always going to be issues. Management will never stop coming. They will never stop coming. Uh, and that's what I give to them. I give them that. They're persistent you know, as far as their assholeism is concerned. Uh, they're persistent on that, but we will be too. We're going to get a militant union in place, and um, we're not going to stop, all right? Y'all have a fantastic week. Have a fantastic New Year days tomorrow. Uh, starts the new year. And so take care of yourself. Be safe. Drink responsibly, <laughs> and I'll see you next Sunday, all right? I love each and every one of you with all my heart. I do, and we're going to take care of business this next year like never before, all right? So I'll talk to you next Sunday. Bye.